Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Single Chronicles. Today's episode is a bit of a doozy, mostly because it involves um, something that a few of us single folks have to deal with from our friends, our family, our colleagues, or whatever. And it is the assumption that single people don't have anything to do. Like, we just sit around a house being bored. We don't have any projects or tasks or responsibilities. And it's fucking annoying. So, I wanted to talk about friends and folks that take advantage of single people's time. And assuming that we have free time. So, sit back and relax. And here we go. So, yet again, I had a totally different subject matter to discuss on the Single Chronicles podcast. And, well, as usual, something else comes up that gets my attention. You know, shit happens. And it's pretty much the basis for today's topic because I was recently... um, You know, I had a lot of stuff going on these last few weeks. I had uh, two deaths in my family and um, the death of a colleague, as well as um, a friend of mine being hospitalized from the uh, COVID-19. He was infected and he's fine now. But, you know, it was quite a it was quite a scare. And, um, you know. That plus my kid graduating and my regular work duties, keeping up with this podcast. I just put out a YouTube video about a week ago. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do so. Also, um, I was also, you know, managing um, my virtual online Zumba classes because, you know, the studio's closed. The rec center where I normally teach at is closed. Everything is still shut down until we go into the green phase. And even so, I've been... Um, trying to figure out how that's going to play once things do open and how that will affect my schedule and classes and so on and so forth. And also, I've been in constant meetings with my nine to five as to how we're going to acclimate opening and everything else um, once the mayor and the governor, you know, give a, gives us the green light to open to the public. But there's also the preparation with that you know we had some layoffs we had some furloughs we had a lot of shit going on at work and I surmise that most jobs are dealing with the same thing you know it's to be expected like this whole COVID thing has been a disaster to say the least and it's affected all of our lives whether you believe it's a fake disease or the politics behind it the situation itself has been a lot I mean it's taken its toll on me uh, emotionally, mentally, and even financially, you know. So I've been doing things to kind of keep myself afloat in addition to keeping all of my uh, projects afloat. So, you know, shit happens. So needless to say, I was on my way to pick up my daughter. She was hanging out with some friends for a graduation celebration. And I was on my way picking her up and I get this text from a friend. 
so-called friend that was upset because um, I was supposed to call him back. You know, shit got in the way. Like, I mean, I didn't expect to go to my second funeral within two weeks, nor did I, um, you know, which needless to say, I mean, it was a lot. Plus, I had to, you know, cook for the repast as well as get ready for my daughter's graduation celebration, which was supposed to be a surprise to her. And it was. She didn't see it coming. But we had to postpone that by a day, which happened to be on Father's Day, which usually on Father's Day, I like to go to um, the cemetery and visit my grandfather. He was the one that raised me like a, like my father and was pretty much a father figure to me all my life. And I usually go to visit him because that's also around his birthday. So it's like, okay, this is a task that I usually do. And it's nothing like um, daunting. You know, at this point, he's been gone for quite some time now. But it's like something I like to do every so often. Go visit, make sure, like, the area around the grave where him and my grandmother are both buried. And make sure everything is fine. Clean up any weeds or you know, lay fresh flowers or whatever the case might have been. But it's usually a tough time around June because I don't have the closest relationship with my biological father, but he's around. He even sent me a text like, hey, I didn't get a Father's Day text. (laughs) We're not even going to get on that, but that's another story for another day. But needless to say, um... Since this whole uh, shutdown and pandemic began, I had to struggle to find not just a sense of normalcy, but I had to work on my own time management schedule. I had to work on um, keeping my things and my tasks and projects and job, everything afloat. And meanwhile, still, you know, getting my daughter ready for college which she'll be entering in like August. So I had to make sure that was taken care of and that was secure. It it was a lot going on. It has been a lot going on. And I'm the type of person, and people who know me personally will tell you this, I usually don't weigh my shit on others. Like I might vent every now and again, but for the most part, I don't really weigh my shit on other people because it's like, I just, I'm just, I just have this sense of pride where it's like, I can do it. I can take care of it. I can deal with it. Even if things get unsurmountingly, well, that's not a word, but overwhelmingly crazy, I still try to just take it on on my own. Even if it doesn't work out to plan or how I want it to go, it I still... I'm just not that type of person. Usually when shit's bothering me, I kind of get withdrawn in my work. I start writing or I start doing edits. I start working on Zumba routines. I start doing a lot of shit to keep myself um, grounded and busy. And it's not because I want to deflect or distract myself, but it just helps me cope. And everyone has a different coping mechanism. Everyone has something that keeps them going. You know, um, and then it's just this time has just been tough and I'm not here to ask for sympathy. I'm not here to um, make excuses for not being there for my own friends who are going through some things because I've had friends and um, who are going through things like my um, cousins who uh, were dealing with the loss of my aunt, you know. I wasn't as close to her as they were. This is the aunt that's on my father's side. But 
I was still kind of cool with her. Like, I'm, I'm still kind of close to the family. Like, I'm not, I don't see and talk to them every day, but we made it a decision that, you know what? We're going to start looking out for each other. We're going to start kind of trying to keep in touch with each other. Even if it's just through social media, even if it's just through working out together, doing something to manage, we're going to start trying to be closer because that's what I assume my aunt wanted. She always was, she was like that glue that held the paternal side of my family together. Even if I wasn't as close to my father, I was still relatively close with my first cousins and my second cousins. And, you know, we wanted, we made a promise that, you know what, we're not going to get so self-involved that we don't make time for one another. But even though still shit gets in the way, life gets in the way. And even though that's not an excuse, Everybody is always dealing with something. Everyone, especially now with this pandemic, we all have shit going on in our lives. You know, like, I mean, even before the COVID happened and um, life changed as we knew it, I still had a daughter that was going into her senior year, that was in the midst of her senior year, you know, trying to make sure getting her stuff ready for senior prom, trying to get her ready for graduation, trying to get her ready for college. Like those are tasks that are not easy trying to make sure that I can pay for her college education because, you know, the COVID thing kind of like forced her hand and she decided, well, mom, I'm not going to go away to college, even though some of the colleges that were far away that she applied to offered her uh, quite a bit of money. Um, she got accepted to about eight or nine different colleges, and she did not go with the one that gave her the best financial aid package, but it offered her um, the most lucrative. It was the most lucrative decision she made as far as her major goes. She wants to go into design and illustration. She's very artistic, much like I used to be, much like her father is. So. Still, she wanted to keep pursuing that. She wanted to keep going for that. And she wanted to choose a school that would help mold that for her. So as a parent, my job was to support that. That was my main duty. Like, even dating. Like, m most of the people that have approached me and said, Hey, I want to date. I want to do this. And, da, 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 and I want to go out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I can't. I got to make time for my kid right now. The we're in the, it's the end game. This is our senior year. That's where my focus lies. So, you know, I had to be a bit of a, I had to put up some boundaries because even though my social life suffered as a result, it wasn't a sacrifice that I was ashamed of or I was upset about because I knew that this is the shit I got to do. I'm a, a, a parent, you know, as a parent, any parent would agree that their child is, is their is, is their primary responsibility all species of mammals that I can think of like even I had a cat that had kittens and they were like the cat the mama cat was like yo I'm going to keep my kittens safe I'm going to hide them in a closet or wherever to keep them away from danger you know or I'm gonna keep pulling them back in when they veer off too far off or whatever even though they're all in the house like you know, mama kitten, mama cat was, was, was really protective of her kittens. And that was the same thing I had to do, especially because over the years in the course of my daughter's life, I was, uh, I was focused a lot on my career and, and, and my mindset was like, okay, I got to make money to take care of my child. So that came first. A lot of times that came before my child. And I was like, you know what? Money's going to come. I've seen it going. I've lost jobs. I've gained jobs. I've made revenue. I've 
lost revenue. I've, I've, things have happened. And I'm like, at the end of the day, that's the one thing that is, is certain. That's the one thing that is consistent in my life. And that's being a parent. Now that she's 18, she's done high school. My job is still not done. So being single with a child, no less, is is is, is tough. It's tough to date as a parent. And I'm saying that as a parent of an 18-year-old, it's it's hard. But we make it happen. We do what we got to do. We, you know, we suck it up. So, um, back to the story. So, anyway, today I'm going to go pick up my daughter from a friend's house. Um, she had decided to stay the night over. And I was like, oh, no, no, like the whole COVID thing. But... <clears throat> She was like, Mom, please, I really want to see my friends. Like, they had saw each other at her graduation party, but they all decided they wanted to get together on Saturday evening, afternoon, and decided to make it a sleepover or whatever. And I was like, you know what? You're fine. Take some black seed oil and your vitamins, and you'll be fine. Let's. I'm not going to completely sacrifice what's left of your high school life, you know? But... You know, we're going to do it with some sense of safety. So anyway, I let her do that. And I actually, I didn't go out or, you know, when your kids get away, you spend the time, you, you plan on doing something. I actually didn't do any of that. I stayed home and washed my hair and caught up on a TV show, did some, uh, I was planning on doing some editing to a new YouTube video I wanted to post, but I didn't actually get to it. So I was just like, let me get some writing done. So, um, regardless of such, that's what happened. Back to the story again. A friend of mine called me and was like, hey, um, I text you and when you said you were going to call me back. Mind you, when he called me last week, I had just found out that my best friend that I've known my entire life, in fact, her mother is my godmother, that her grandmother passed away. Now, this woman that passed was like another grandmother to me, like... I called myself running away a couple times when I was a kid. You know, the whole spiel. I ran down the street to there, to Grandma Liz's house. And um, she was like another grandma to me. She was like, she was just like that. You know, like, what I couldn't do at home, I might have did there. Now, I grew up um, strict. Not super strict, but kind of Christian grandparents. My grandmother was heavily in the church. She was a minister. She was a missionary. She was heavy in the church. So my life was all about church, all my life. Um, I went to a Catholic school. So imagine going to a Catholic school, learning about Christianity and Catholicism and Jesus and all that, and then having to go home and do the whole thing again, but a different version of Christianity, like Black Baptist Church. But regardless of such, my life was surrounded by the church. So when I, as a kid, you like, uh... I don't want to do this. Like, I want to have fun with my friends. You know, I didn't go to the same school as my friends around the neighborhood went to. I went to a Catholic school. So when I got the chance to hang out with my friends, I took it. Like my grandma was like, no gambling, no cars. That's a sin. Like, I couldn't even play Uno. I couldn't even play Monopoly. So I would go to my friends and do those types of things because that was fun. I mean, at least I thought it was. So it wasn't like I was going up there to prostitute and deal drugs i was just going up there to play go down the street to play monopoly but anyway that's the picture i wanted to paint it paint to for you guys like this woman passed away and it was not even two weeks after my aunt's funeral so here's another funeral i have to 
go to, you know, it's like, damn. And I wasn't like, I was, I was sad, of course, but I wasn't super sad because these were my aunt and my grandma. She wasn't my biological grandma, but I'm going to call her grandma. She was, they were both in their nineties. They were both women that lived a full life, you know, saw things, did things. Uh, they were around for the civil rights movement only to pass away in the midst of another one. So, um, all that being said, that was going on. Um, my job was understanding. They were like, yeah, take the bereavement, do what you got to do. We're sorry. They were really supportive. Then having to deal with friends and colleagues that I work with over the last two and a half years or so, almost three years, um, getting laid off, having to see these names and process severance and finalize payments and knowing that if we do go back to work, they're not going to be there anymore. These were people that I confided in. These were people that I talked to and even invented to. Like I, One of them was like work. Literally, her office was right next to mine. So it took a toll on me Like to the point I, I even I, re, I still reach out to these people, even if it's so much as a text or a phone call. Say, hey, how you doing? So it's a lot going on. So my friend, so-called friend, um. He reached out to me the day that I was trying to plan not only a repass and a getting ready for a funeral, but ready for my daughter's graduation celebration. It was tough trying to do all that in one day. And I was tired. I don't even think I slept that entire weekend. Um, I put out a podcast on Thursday and it wasn't because I knew that my weekend was going to be shit and I could not put a episode out on Monday, which you all know. But it was tough because it was like, damn, I kept myself so busy. And once everything got out of the way, it was like, damn, now I got to do payroll. You know, uh, <laughs> it was a lot going on. I didn't make excuses for it. Like even when me and my um, best friend saw each other at the funeral and she hugged my daughter. And she happens to be, um, like I said, her mother is my godmother, but she's my daughter's godmother. And she was like, I got to do better. I got to make time to see you guys and blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, you just lost your grandmother. You know, you just started a new career. You just bought a new house and you are a single parent yourself. I'm not mad at you. We'll link up when we can look. When we link up, we have fun. We talk, we bust it up. You know, I supported her business venture. She was doing like Mary Kay and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna support that. And I'm gonna be there because like I said, you've been, you were fundamental in the raising of my child before she even had her son. So I'm like, right now, things getting in the way, that's fine. If you need me, if you need a babysitter, if you need something, let me know. You know, I know what it is, especially how much you've been there for me when my daughter was young. So this friend, mind you, he's one of those types of people. Don't get me wrong. I love the guy to death for a minute, but it was like over the last couple of years, like we had a falling out that involved... Um, his wife at the time, she didn't particularly care for me and they had issues in their relationship that somehow I got drug in the middle of. And I hated it because it was like, yo, this is not my place. This is before I started doing a single chronicles and I started giving singles advice or having some type of wraparound about relationship issues. So, you know, I was just trying to be a good friend, but then we part ways because, you know, his wife was just not feeling it. You know, and it's tough to be married to someone and that person have a friend of the opposite sex. 
I've dealt with it with plenty of friends where I had to kind of like pull away or I got pushed away because that person's partner felt some type of way about me. It happens. It's like story of my fucking life. I can't keep a friend once they get in a relationship. But you know what? I took it in stride and I just said, hey, it is what it is. Life goes on. I got shit to do anyway. So in the midst of my life over the last 10 years since we had stopped speaking, um, you know, I was building a business and this is before Zumba. I was still doing my writing thing. I was doing a designated driver service, which required a lot of my time. In addition to still, again, being a single parent and working a nine to five up until I got laid off from that nine to five. This person wasn't there all the time. They were there in the beginning. But then after that, they weren't. And it was like, you know what? It's okay. We had fallout. We had a fallout prior to that. And it was like, you know what? Yeah, shit happens. I still got shit to do. So um, today when he got, when he sent the text message and I didn't see all of it, I just saw, I was driving. So I only saw the preview that popped up on the screen on top of like the GPS. And I saw a bit of it. And I was like, what? Like, are you serious? So now mind you on father's day, I did text him and say, happy father's day. And I know, cause I was like thinking of, I know you're a father, happy father's day. And I was still in the midst of trying to get this party, start doing the last minute decorations, still cooking the food, doing a lot of stuff that day. So, and I invited him. I said, you know what? Come on through. This is, you know, Yana, since she was a baby, come on through if you want to have some food, have some fun, get away from whatever. He didn't come. Um, I didn't get mad. I didn't feel no type of way. I didn't, I wasn't upset at anybody that didn't show. As many people, everyone that was invited, even my daughter's godmother. I wasn't mad. I didn't call her say, why do you ain't show up? Now, I was sending out group text messages to everyone, and I apologized. So I say, look, look, it's been kind of crazy. So if you already indicated to me you're not going to come, please disregard this message. I just have not removed the non-RSVP'd or the no-RSVP's from the text message group. So please pardon me. I'm just, it's a lot going on. Everyone was like, it's cool. I understand, whatever. Not this friend. Like I said, today he sent me this long drawn out message that he was upset. And I was like, look, I just went to two, actually three funerals. One was on Zoom of a friend. And then I found out a colleague from work who got laid off too was had passed away. And I was just kind of bummed because this, this was somebody I spoke to every day that I saw. This was somebody I was cool with. And then mind you, the second death this year from my job of a colleague that I, you know, someone I spoke to said, hey, to and waved at had shoot the shit as you know we didn't work in the same departments but we saw each other every day we acknowledged each other every day we had some small talk you know cordial shit and so when I found out that they sadly passed away suddenly it was just like damn and I, I was one of the last people to know and I only found out because I was like um don't I gotta do like a severance for this person so not only did they lose their job they lost their life so it was like, damn, and it got me to thinking about, yo, we lost so many people this year and it started to take its toll on me because I was thinking like, damn, how many other people have died? Not just because of Corona, just for whatever reason. And because we're stuck self-isolating, social, social distancing and quarantine and all this other shit, we can't really, we, we, we got robbed of those last goodbyes and it fucking sucked. And 
I'm not even talking about my other day-to-day shit. So, like, again, like, life got in the way. And even, like, my best friend, when she told me at the funeral, I got to do better, I got to make time. I'm like, yo, you don't have to apologize. I understand. And it was a thing, like, I saw a post on Instagram. It was like, remember who, ch- when this whole pandemic is over, remember who checked on you. First of all, as much as... It is a great thing to check on those that need it, especially when the looting happened during the quarantine and even more so like there were elderly people that I knew, sick people that I knew that couldn't even get access to medicine that I was like, you know what, if you need me to go to the pharmacy, to the store, do whatever, I got a car, let me know. Taking time out of my workday to help other people and clean up after the looting, doing whatever I could to do for my community. So all those things that were going on, like I said, I didn't lay that on anybody. You know, I just did what I did. And I still managed to do my virtual stuff to keep my podcast alive, to keep my YouTube channel alive. Because those generate streams of income for me. I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. I'm, I have saw all these people lose their jobs. And I don't know. I'm, it's not like I'm the most exemplary employee. I'm not even going to sit up here and sugarcoat it. I make mistakes, you know. And, um... There are times where I thought I was going to lose my job before COVID. So I was like, right now, the way they're letting people go and people losing their jobs left and right, I didn't know. So let me just focus on building what is mine and 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 what has been a side venture to my main nine to five job. You know what? This might have to be my sole source of income. Let me do what I got to do because I've been in this situation before where my primary source of income was taken away and I had to rely on my side venture to do what I had to do and make ends meet. I still got a kid to put in college. I still got the bills to pay, food to put on the table. I still got shit that I got to do. So, um... You know, it it happened that I never hit my friend back. Never. He called me at a time where it was like a lot of shit going on. I was getting dressed to go. Well, not getting dressed, but getting ready to go to a funeral the next day. And I just did not call him back. And I felt bad. Like when he said something about it, I was like, damn, I didn't call him back. I'm like, I'm sorry. Funeral and then Yana's graduation. And now I got another funeral to go to soon. And I was like, it's a lot. And I've struggled over the last few weeks, actually the last few months, to not only maintain my sense of normalcy, but to keep myself on track with my with my, the things I need to do. Like, because if I don't post or hit people up about my Zumba classes, then they fade into obscurity. And right now, the only thing I can rely on is social media, which is bombarded by everyone else that ain't got nothing that 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 are either using social media to cope or connect or to make money so i still have to keep that alive also i still have to keep this alive not just the single chronicles by my website and everything else that my website entails and also getting this book to this publisher a new publisher not the one that i already had but another one and i was like you know what i'm gonna get this shit done i need to sit down and focus and find the time i need to sit down and plan my day you know then my fitness regimen not just my zumba classes but my own personal fitness regimen i'm like yo how am i zumba instructor and i'm gaining weight so you know there's a lot of shit going on and i i don't really like to relate it on other people but 
when this person came to me and was just like, Rose, like, yo, you haven't been a good friend. I needed you. And I, I, I mean, I didn't get defensive. I just was like, I'm sorry, but I've just been dealing with my own shit right now. And it made me think, like, don't think because I'm single and I'm doing other shit and that I'm all smiles on social media that I'm not dealing with my shit. There's so many people that's dealing with shit. The last thing I want to do is put my depression, depressing melodrama out there for the world to see. And I'm not saying I'm trying to fake like my life is perfect because it's far from not. But sometimes people come to me and they'll say, hey, Rose, I did your Zumba class, whether it was online or in person or whatever. And it made me feel great. Like I had one student hit me up after class and was like yo i was having such a shit day and i did your class and i felt so much better your energy was like popping the class was great i just enjoyed it and i thank you so much because i needed it and i didn't personally reach out to her per se to do the class like i sent messages to people but i didn't say hey stop what you're doing doing my class like i didn't do that i just said hey you know what 24 hours in a day take one out for yourself even if it's just dancing around in front of a screen. Whatever it is, just put you first. And that's what I want to talk about. Single people. There's nothing wrong for putting yourself first. Putting your own tasks and endeavors first. You still matter. And while there are some single folks that are sitting around now with not a whole lot to do. And they might be bored. There are some folks that got a whole lot of other shit going on that are not. And I mean... Who's to say I'm not biting off more than I can chew or I'm not bombarding myself with things, but it gets me the day to day because like I said, this is something I want to see grow and I want to flourish. And the only way that's going to happen is if I keep doing what I need to do. Um, hmm. It's kind of crazy. Like I was saying the one thing that, and I think I've mentioned this before in a previous post, um, the one thing I've noticed from my non-single friends or just people in general, they, the assumption is that because you're single, you're available. And that's not always the case. Like, you can't assume that because someone is doing something rather it's online or whatever you can't assume just because there's not a significant other or that the person doesn't have kids or they're jobless that they're not doing anything or that they're not dealing with something you can't be that way I've, I've found that people can be so narcissistic and so selfish that they will make you feel bad for not being there for them and I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel some sense of guilt or remorse for not being there for everyone like I feel bad when I can't be there for all of my friends I truly do but at the same time I can only do so much I can't say it's hard to pick and choose who I'm going to stop caring for to or stop doing shit for to do something for someone else I it's it's tough you got to make these many sacrifices every day and it's like I had a friend that recently went through a horrible breakup and I was trying to be there for her. The crazy thing about it, she was still trying to be there for me and my daughter because my daughter got robbed of her senior year. She felt she felt horrible. And she was like, yo, let's have a graduation party here in my house. Let's have a surprise party. I want to do that because 
Nana's been so good. She was babysitting for me. She's such a great kid. Like, and I do. I have a great kid. She's not out here doing fuck shit. You know, 18 years, not a problem from her. And we wanted, she wanted to do something. And I was all on board for that. And as tedious and tiresome as it was, it was worth the happiness she had. Like, she hugged me. She's like, Mom, thank you. Thank you for everything you did for me. Like, that made me feel so good. And I didn't give a fuck how anybody felt about it. I still don't. I'm sorry. I, you can call me selfish. You can call me what you want. But I'm not going to sit up here and, and I'm telling you guys, whether you're single or not, do not allow people to gaslight you and project their bullshit onto you that they can't deal with. Now, I understand that people have disabilities, mentally, emotionally, whatever. And yeah, you might have to do the extra nudge to go out for them. Like when, when people needed medicine and help getting around when the looting forced everything to shut down and the shit got fucked up. Yeah, I was like, all right, you know what? Let me help some of the people in my community. But at the same time, I did not have to do that. I chose to do that. And that's the same thing. You can't make people feel bad when they can't be there for you. You can't latch on to someone and, and want them to do that. Like, and I really felt some type of way about my so-called friend because it was like, yo, I lost people. You didn't give me not one moment of condolence. You didn't say, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. You just were so wrapped around and so self-absorbed that your shit didn't matter. You didn't stop to say, well, what is Rose going through? His thing was, well, you did a live stream. You had time to do a live stream. But you have time for me. First of all, when I do my live streams, I do these live streams on Tuesdays. And um, I stream movies. And I got the idea because I saw Tony Baker do it. And he was like live streaming, watching a movie with people. And this is how, like, the movie theaters are shut down. Like, I'm... I'm someone that wanted to go into the film industry, not as an actress, but as someone behind the scenes writing, doing screenplays, so on and so forth. So I, I was a projectionist. I was always like attached to that career path and it always faded to obscurity for whatever reason. So I did the live streaming thing because this is something I enjoy doing. Plus, I want to kind of get back to the movie reviews that I was doing because they were lucrative. They were helping me boost my YouTube channel. Um, because I don't want to just talk about the single chronicles all day. I don't want to just talk about Zumba all day. This is not what... When I started my um, blogging, yeah, I would talk about personal shit that was going on in my life. And then I was like talking about movies and music and stuff. Like my website was just doing all types of shit. So... I was like, let me do the live stream. Let me help. And it, it, a lot of people was like, thanks for doing this. Like, cause I don't know what was going on. So not even just that, um, I used that opportunity to reach out to people and say, Hey, take my Zoomer class, um, buy a shirt from my merch store or something from my merch store. Um, getting the traffic flowing to my podcast or my website or whatever, and it actually helps. So I'm not doing it to be selfish, but I still have a job to do. My job is to blog. So if I stop doing it and it feels like, unfortunately, social media, the internet, all of that shit is bombarded by people who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. So I have to stand out somehow, some way. I still have to make myself relevant if I'm going to see this thing continue to grow and flourish. And that's not even, that's that's beside the point, to be honest. 
regardless, even if I had nothing to do, even if I was stuck in my own head, you cannot, it's not fair to project your shit on other people. Yes, it's not fair to to disregard your friends when they need you. But at the same time, you got to stop and think and say, well, she's normally there for me. She's normally been there for me. Why all of a sudden she's not being there? Maybe that person is going through something too. You can't be that self-absorbed. Sometimes we get so caught up in our own daily doings that we don't. And I'm guilty of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm guilty of being so caught up in my own shit that I don't stop to take time. You know what? Let me start reaching out to my friends and trying to be there. And it's not like they're friends. I got a friend that was having some health issues. And I was like, you know what? You want some CMOS? You know I sell the CMOS. I can bring some to you. I'll bring you a sample. See if that helps you for the week. You know, whatever. And I'm not, and I really wasn't doing it to plug that business because the CMOS thing that I was doing was something that kind of happened by accident. People was asking for it. So I was like, all right, I got it. But regardless of such, um, when this whole thing happened with the COVID, people were like, oh, you got CMOS, where you get it from? Well, I could sell you something if you want. I can give you something. I was giving it out, selling it, all that good stuff. And that wasn't something that I was paying the bills with. It was just something I was doing to help people. And I wasn't selling it in these like astronomical costs. Sometimes I was giving away or whatever I was doing. But because I knew that it had benefits to help some people. Like, here, here you go. I got it. Now you ain't got to go through it. And some people saw that CMOS was on sale. And they was like, well, how do I make the gel? Do I just eat it dry like this? Like, no, don't do that. But, you know, I made it. I've always been the type of person where I like to help people. I started my designated driver company because I lost a friend because of a drunk driver. I saw friends lose everything because someone decided to drive drunk, you know. So I deprived myself of sleep, um, deprived myself of being a parent to some extent to help other people and see my company grow. Now... To some, some people might say, well, damn, Rose, that's still fucked up. You still should have been there for your friend. And other people might say, you know what? Your friend, was your friend there for you? You know, and I'm not counting. Like, I didn't really throw it back in his face, but I would just say, how dare you narc me and gaslight me when I remember the last time you hit me up. I remember, well, not the last time, but I remember the one of the times you hit me up was because you needed my help. Now, don't get me wrong. When you've been there for me, I was like, cool. I was thankful. But uh, plenty of times I repaid that favor a million times over. And I never once asked you. Like last year, I was, I was, I'm not going to say I was in financial problems, but um, I was in the process of building my credit, trying to get bills caught up, trying to get um, some things fixed around my, you know, my, around the house. As a, in addition to moving, trying to like, buy a house of my own another house of my own not one that was willed to me or given to me but a house of my own that I could live in flip whatever whatever the hell I do I wanted my own I wanted to experience home ownership that I did like I I want a house that I worked for and bought not something that someone gave me not someone that someone left me but a house that I bought and paid for with my own money that I worked my ass off to get I wanted that um, so a lot of things got away and that didn't happen. My daughter was getting ready for her junior year to concede and she was, um, going on junior prom. So my friend reached out to me, was like, well, I want to help. I want to get out. Let me get her dressed. I haven't been there. Let me help. 
do that. So I said, you don't have to. He was like, no, let me do it. I said, okay, if you insist. Meet me at Davis Bridal. She's, we're going to start there and look there. And then we'll start at boutiques or whatever. So um, we get to the Davis Bridal, my daughter and I. And he wasn't nowhere to be found. He didn't call, say, I can't make it. I hit him up. I called him. I texted him. I was like, hey, what's up? I didn't get mad and say, yo, you screwed me. I went and bought the dress my daughter picked out. She had a great time on her dream prom. I gave him a picture. I took pictures, took videos, shared that whole experience with him. Even though I once he told me that he was going to help out with the situation, I was like, great, I can do other stuff and do what I got to do. And this is going to help me greatly because I need it. But he left me high and dry, and I didn't get mad. I didn't hit him up to narc him about it. I didn't make him feel bad about it. I didn't say nothing. I was like, yo, hey, hey, look, I do what I always do. I make shit happen by my fucking self. So, um, you know, it is what it is. She went on her prom, she had fun. Plenty of other times, like, yo, I was like, when I, my car was in danger of getting repossessed years ago when I lost my job, you didn't called me to say hey how you doing you okay i lost my grandmother at the same time i lost my job i had a miscarriage i had a lot of shit going in that 2014 it was a rough it started just as rough as this year i bounced back from it no less but he called me to say hey i'm going out i'm, I'm i had to leave out of town can you go check on my dog for my dogs for me i was like dude i can't right now and i don't know if he felt some type of way but he was like, all right, well, I guess I got to find out something or I cancel it. Kind of felt that that gaslighting guilt trip in him. Just a hint of it, but I didn't say anything. And I was like, damn. I was like, dude, you know, I just... My car has to go in the shop and I have to pay the fucking car note that's two months behind. I didn't ask him for any money. I didn't say anything about it. I was just like, yo, I, was just, I wish I could, but I got some shit going on. And trying to get my daughter eighth grade graduation out the way at that time in 2014. So I was like, yeah, it's some shit. And he was just like, well, um, all right, I'll just ask somebody else. Didn't sit up there to say, is there anything I can do? Can I help? But you're mad that you, that I couldn't beat it for you. And I got to the point where I put up a boundary. I started putting, I, I learned and I had to seek therapy and help. And then someone was like, don't feel guilty when you put boundaries up for people that are only insistent on you being there for them. And there's nothing wrong with being that empathic person that's there for other people. But sometimes you got to recharge. You got to be okay. Because sometimes people will be so fucking yes, so used to you saying yes, that when you say no, they get mad and take it out on you. So this podcast has went well over the 30 minute mark. But I just, this it was a bit of a vending session. And I didn't even relate everything that happened. I just kind of wanted to give you the background story of it. Because, I mean, let me know in the comments or reply back to me and let me know if I was wrong. And, yeah, I'll probably give you some more background or feedback onto that. But I really had to, like, put it out there, like, just because I'm fucking single or just because I'm doing other shit, you see me online doing this and doing that. These are things that I'm doing. It doesn't matter why I'm fucking doing. You don't owe anybody an explanation. 
yeah, we give it to people because we feel that, yeah, that's the, I'm sorry I can't beat it for you, but let me explain why. You don't have to. If you say fucking no, you say fucking no. It's just like if you go to a job interview and you are hands down the best pick that they can possibly choose, but they go with someone else, do you go back to their job? Why you didn't hire me? No. You know what I mean? If, if, you know, you go to a bank and your credit is 800 credit score, you got an income that's pretty stable and the bank still declines your loan um, request, you don't go back to the bank and say, well, why? Yeah, you might try to nudge them a little bit and say, well, let me show this to you. Maybe this will sway you towards my way. You might try a little extra hard, but you don't fucking gaslight them and make them fucking feel like shit because they didn't choose you. Shit happens. Move the fuck on. Like, I'm not, you know what? I'm like this. I told my friends, look, yo, 10 fucking years and went by since, you know, we really busted up closely, but I've never, not once ever made you feel bad for not fucking being there. And I went through a massive fucking shit in the last 10 years and I don't make anybody feel bad for not being there. Like I had to learn that dealing with the last fucked up relationship I dealt with. One thing it taught me was that, you know what, if a person cannot be there for you for whatever reason is, whether it's a selfish reason or it's a genuine one, you have to figure out a way to keep pushing on. This fucked up if you sit up there and make someone feel bad for your shit. Own up to your own shit. So, with that being said, people, I'm out. I'm done. Um, I want to do a little mini plug. Um, if you haven't done so, check out my last YouTube video about situationships. Um... I'll be posting a new video sometime this week. It won't be a single Chronicles one. And I'll also be doing an update. I want to do a review on Stargirl. I want to get that out there because, yeah, I have to appease my comic book entertainment friends. I need to really get on that. And I've been behind. So um, make sure you stay t- stay tuned for more posts and go check out DrunkenInsomniacWriter.com to... Um, you know, check out what's going on in the world. I try to post stuff that's trending in the news. I also try to post stuff that's trending in entertainment and pop culture. But I try to just get everything out there to you when I can. But life goes on. Life is gets in the way. And sometimes I post a draft and then the shit is not relevant anymore. And it's just sitting there. So um, until next time, guys, um, I'm going to end this like I always do. Be awesome. Be you. But above all else, love yourself. And fuck anybody else that's going to make you feel bad about that. Yeah, I'm not trying to say sound selfish, but his selfish, narcissistic motherfuckers with the same shit they do and hit hit up boundaries. Yes, they're going to make you fucking feel bad about that. Oh, you're trying to spin it. No, I'm just telling you it is what it is. You don't like it. You don't love it. Fuck it. If it don't fly, it don't apply. Let it fly, people. So, again, go to my my merch store. Um, I'll post links to that and check out Drunken Insomniac Writer for more stuff. Dot com for more stuff and my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Insomniac Writer. Um, you guys have been great. I love you so much. Thanks for the support and um, appreciate you all. Sorry for this long, drawn out podcast. I, I rarely go this long, but you know, this shit was just like, really? Like, it ain't bothering me, but I was like, really? Really? So, that is what it is. So, take care, guys. I'll see you next week.